Hello and welcome back to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. Uh, this is, of course, uh, a, a weird one. Um, this is actually like a, a being recorded now, um, right before I edit it. Uh, this is just me, just me right now, just your boy Dylan on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Um, so we recorded earlier this week we recorded two episodes in a day sorry about the sec episode um by the way there was a lot of audio issues when making it so we just kind of put it out <laughs> um it's not very good so i don't blame you if you didn't listen to it uh but everything is better now today with this episode which is just me and brandon talking about pack 12 i'd said if anything happened or anything updated i would make like a pre-recorded one like, like a, a, a new like a pre-show kind of a new thing. Um, it's just going to be short uh, and sweet, so you can actually get into the the real meat of the episode. Brandon doesn't even know I'm doing this. It's just me. I'm alone, so I can do stuff that Brandon doesn't normally let me do. Uh, like I can play sound effects. Like, hey, uh, editor, editor, if you're listening to this, cut this part out, but play like a sound effect after I said it. I'm the editor. <laughs> I'm the editor. I edit these. Um, let's play it now. I guess. Ed- Sound sound effect now. Okay, thank you. That was really funny. Uh, thank you, editor, for your master genius in comedy. Uh, so nothing really happened. Uh, we do kind of. I just remember correctly. We we kind of slander uh, Shay Patterson a little bit slightly for the uh, the whole tweet thing that happened, uh, which is now like long gone. So. I just wanted to update it that it was it was brought out as fake. Um, this whole tweet that was supposed to be from a burner account. Um, I think it said, let me see, what did it say? I was really, re- really prepared for this. Uh, it, was a, it was a burner account that tweeted out, Shea Patterson, uh, Patterson is, Shea Patterson is the account that it tweeted from. It was the, the me, like the, the accusation was that it was from a burner account. And it said, Patterson is going to be the best quarterback in the conference. Fields hasn't even played a snap yet. That kid's so overrated. Shea would have won the Heisman last season if Harbaugh had let him call the plays. Uh, and then, so we, I think, made a jab at him. But since then, it has come out as fake. So I would like to uh, to apologize to Shea Patterson for uh, for making fun of him. And so the only other thing I guess I got to say is I got to, of course, shout out... Um, as we do now on these Wednesday shows, Thursday shows, sorry, we record on Wednesdays. Uh, these Thursday shows, we, we shout out Corey Scloff, at Corey Scloff, C-O-R-Y-S-K-L-O-F-F on Twitter for making our wallpaper Wednesdays for Hunan Sports, uh, and they're always a fire. So this week he had Cam Dantzler, A.J. Dillon, uh, Reggie Floyd, and Albert Oegbunum, uh, Oegbunum, A-O-K is what I'll go with. Uh, so my background was I did choose AOK this week, but uh, then a bunch of uh, Reggie Floyd's family started replying to it and like retweeting it, so I changed it to that one uh, to honor them. So thanks for that. We 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 if you if you scratch your back if you scratch our back we scratch yours, and by scratch yours I mean I'll make it my background. Uh, I guess for the for the week. So um, that's all I had to say for this. Uh, I hope Albert Hainsworth gets better. I know his his kidneys failed, and he put out a big post uh, asking for kidney. So I hope everything goes goes well with that, and everything gets better with that. 
uh, and enjoy the the episode. Flashback. Hello and welcome back to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Um, and then always as oh my god, I just want to get through one Why? without messing Why? it up. Why? I just Why? want to get through one without messing it up. <laughs> you can find my host, my co-host, as always, Brandon Olson. You can find him on Twitter at wns underscore brandon. <sighs> This is a special episode because uh, we are not, uh, this isn't going to be recorded the day before it goes up like usual. It's going to be a couple days in advance because uh, Brandon has a busy week ahead of him. Yeah, I have a, uh, on Thursday I have finals for business statistics and applied calculus. So I'm not trying to uh, focus on the podcast for a couple days before that. Study time. And then I'm smart. I'm, I'm, it, look at the grades, dog. I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just that's why I gotta spend so much time focusing on them. Uh, yeah. So we're recording Sunday night, immediately after the SEC episode that just came out, and now we're releasing this on Thursday. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun. So we're not gonna be uh, talking about the same stuff that we usually do, or like talking about it, it, Shea Patterson. Yeah, we're not talking about <laughs> Shea Patterson, which happened today. Um, shout out him. Uh, but yeah, so we can uh, we can go ahead. Today we're talking about Pac-12 football because that is uh, in our series of talking about previewing conferences and stuff for uh, for football for the college football season that's coming up. Uh, we have landed on Pac-12 today, which happens to be uh, what I am covering this year. So as the last two episodes have gone, Brandon's going to ask me some questions about Pac-12 football, and we're just going to have a fun little discussion about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be like your mock draft episode, where it's basically just me interviewing you for it. Uh, so it's going to be fun stuff. Uh, I wanted to also get Jonathan here to have a third voice for us, because Jodiker uh, is also covering the Pac-12, but he lives in Europe, so it's kind of really difficult for our schedules to link up. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Maybe I'm sure we'll have uh, eventually find a conference that can have two people on at once. I mean, we could have done it with the Big Ten or the SEC, but I just I didn't try it. <laughs> yeah, we we get edit that part out actually because yeah. I don't want anybody to be offended by it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we can go ahead and just jump into it because there's nothing else to talk about because there's no new news because we're here. I mean, if anything big happens, I'll just re- record an addendum or something like that, you know? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's dead season, so we'll see, maybe. Uh, anywho, top players in the Pac-12, give me three to five of them. Three to five of them? Yep, three to five of them. Um. All right, so we have Justin Herbert, um, obviously. Uh, a lot of people's quarterback one. Not my my not my personal quarterback one. Um, who is who is yours? Tua. I was about to ask that. Tua okay. right. is my quarterback one right now. Um, just mainly because of his his accuracy. Uh, it's completely in, fair. It's insane. Um, and his mobility is nice. He does have that knee, but uh, I, he's he's my quarterback one right now. Justin Herbert is a little too soft for me. Um, but if he shows uh, some some new found leadership and maturity this season and can make some better decisions. Uh, I think he could easily be the quarterback one. Um, we have my cornerback one, 
Jalen Johnson. I'll never turn down an opportunity to talk about him. Uh, we know. We have my my personal wide receiver one, LaVisca Chenault. It's basically him and J- Jerry Judy for a lot of people, but uh, LaVisca is just wow. Um, Walker Little, a great offensive tackle out of Stanford, um, who's just humongous. And then I guess I'll go with Jacob Eason. Uh, who's the other quarter? Uh, the other big quarterback coming out of this class, um, who we haven't really seen play much meaningful football in a couple in a couple years, uh, in a, in a little while. Um, but if he lives up to the hype, he could again vie for the quarterback one position this year. Did you see that? Uh, Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl. Uh, he met LaVisca Chenault at the Manning Passing Academy last week, and he was trying to convince Chenault to go back to school for another year so that he could play in a senior bowl. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, that'd be some fun football to watch, but uh, I don't I don't see it happening. You know, I highly doubt it, but that would just, that'd be really fun, uh, especially considering we'll be at the senior bowl pretty much from here on out, so that'd be fun to see. Uh but who are what are the strongest positions in the Pac-12? Um, they have a lot of strong positions. Uh, they're all typically on the offensive side. Uh, the biggest one I'd say is probably offensive tackle. You got uh, tr- uh you got Trey Adams, Walker Little. As I talked, both of those men are humongous. Um, the entire Oregon offensive line. The entire <laughs> off- off- Oregon offensive line. Um. You got Abe Lucas out of Washington State, uh, who is a redshirt sophomore, uh, but he's 6'7", 320. Um, Andre Dillard came out of Washington State last year. Uh, he is uh, he, he he made all Pac-12 last year, so he should uh, he should be he's he's not being talked about as much because there are a lot of there's a lot of offensive line talent in this class in this group. But uh, if I'm talking about offensive tackles i'd love to give him a shout out because he's going to be he's going to be up there once the season comes to an end yeah and a lot of people don't give uh much love to the redshirt sophomores still even though they are draft eligible yeah they often don't get love because they just assume that they're going to be going back to school so i get that um mm-hmm. we got we got, we got so i got some i got some more some there's some more firepower oh all right let's get it then um we got we got quarterback obviously the big names, Justin Herbert and Jacob Eason. But the two players that I think will make this a really interesting quarterback group to watch is going to be KJ Costello, uh, who's in a an entire new system, like offense. Well, not really system, but entire new offense. Uh, because like everyone in Stanford left last year. Um, you basically only have Walker Little coming back. A couple players here and there. Um but there's going to be a lot of new talent around him, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, he he has the tools, I think, uh, but again, doesn't always make the best decisions. Uh, so I'd love I'd love to see him. I mean, he was ready to go pro after one season. Well, not I, him himself. He thought he could go pro. I'm glad he didn't. He was really thinking about going into the draft. I don't think he would have been drafted. And then um, one of the most interesting quarterbacks. For the career, his career, I think Khalil Tate. Um, you know, we've talked about him before on the podcast, but uh, he could end up coming in and surprising people and getting drafted somewhere mid rounds. So the team, uh, I think, is where he's most likely to land. But if he he has all the tools, he has the speed, the arm, 
Of course, that one crazy throw <laughs> against Houston. That was um, insane. That's still one of the best throws I've ever seen. Uh, um, a dart off the foot on the run. Man. Uh, rolling out to his left <laughs> off the back foot. And it's just wild. So, I mean, Khalil Tate had a lot of hype around him. It's weird to talk about, like, to call him a, sleep, a sleeper because a lot of people talked about him whenever he was like first coming in, but he kind of fell off. He got, he had some injuries, uh, but I think he definitely has the talent and the tools to become a great NFL quarterback. I personally, um, but I just need to see some advan- advancement from him. Yeah, I love him. I honestly, it might just be the mental part for him. Like I think so, definitely. He has the legs, and he has the lo- the arm. He ha- he has the the mindset, but uh, like, but he just not it's really the mindset. knowledge. Yeah, it's the knowledge. Yeah, but he just he he's he's kind of he's seemed kind of frazzled at times. And uh, I think he he if he can get into the right mindset, he he'll be a great quarterback. Yeah, he's also one of the few college players that will speak up because uh, I remember when Arizona was looking for a head coach. I forgot who they were looking at, and Kalote basically was just like, "I'm not, I'm not trying to play option football my whole career. <laughs> like that's not going to get me to the NFL." And it's like, "Oh, like good for you for speaking up," because like a lot of players will not do that. No, uh, or they'll do it from what they think is a burner account, like Shea Patterson. Um, <laughs> that's a segue for you. Um, what about some of the weakest positions in the Pac-12? Um, I, again, where the, whereas the offense has pretty much every, has players pretty much everywhere. The defense is really lacking, I think, except for, uh, defensive backs. Uh, my biggest weakness, I'd probably say it would be, um, the linebacker. Uh, they have pretty much Troy die and then no one else really comes to mind. Maybe Evan Weaver from Cal, um, but there's not a lot of big names in in that uh, linebacker, uh, you know, class, what I, mean? I guess class. Yeah, there's no one else are big you, in that talk- linebacker class. Are you talking just draft eligible? Or- yeah. Okay, because I was going to say Arizona has or Arizona State. I think Arizona. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I'm just going all over the place. Uh, Colin Schooler's a linebacker from Arizona that he's yeah. not draft eligible yet. But he's so nice. I'm just talking. Yeah, I'm just talking about draft eligible, and then uh, I'd also go. I guess the biggest weakness on offense uh, is probably the interior online, where you have the two guys, uh, Jake Hansen and Shane Lemieux from uh, Lemieux from Oregon, and then again, pretty much no one else comes to mind. Whereas the the outside on of the uh, the tackle group is great, the interior is uh, kind of lacking, draft eligible wise as well. Um, yeah, Troy Die going back to the linebacker. Sorry. Uh... Going into this, like, because, you know, I watch prospects in the summer to get a summer mm-hmm. grade for them and see how they change and what I like, what I don't like. Uh, I was expecting to be a lot higher on Troy Dye than I was. I don't know what it is, I guess, because it was just a very familiar name and I'd, like, seen him play here and there. But I thought he was going to be a lot better. And I thought I was going to have, like, a first or second round grade on him. But I think I had a fourth round grade. So a very early grade, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just expecting more, and he, like, he wasn't as bad as, or as much of a letdown as, like, Brian Lewerke was with me, but he also didn't really wow me, so that yeah. was kind of disappointing with him. Uh, what about your favorite to win 
let's say the Pac-12 North. Again, like, it's always going to be, like, Oregon or Stanford, or sometimes Washington, sometimes Wazoo, but Oregon and Stanford are always going to be at the top, uh, and I think Oregon's going to take it this year, just because they have a lot of talent, and again, their their offensive line is fantastic. They got some good wide receivers like Jawan Johnson. Uh, they got Justin Herbert. Uh, they got Jacob Breland. Uh, they have they have a lot of good players, and I think I think they're going to take the North pretty heavily. I believe last year both of their running backs were freshmen, also, if I'm correct. And yeah, and CJ Verdell is, was the one running back that I was watching. I was like, this kid is going to be nice. That's the name I kind of was kind of blanking on his name for whatever reason. I was I was gonna say him as well. He's he's looking real nice. You know, but I remember when I was watching Herbert this summer, I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "That CJ Verdell kid." I had to look him up. I didn't because mm-hmm. I was just like that that number. I was like, he he looks pretty good. And uh, yeah, no, he I've I've already got his name marked down for next year. I already um, I do gotta say I do love scouting Oregon players because their numbers are so humongous. It's what I. What I hate is some of their uniforms have, like, the nameplate is, like, a giant black bar, <laughs> and then it's just the name written, and then, it, like, it's, like, black bar, and then for a small segment, it's, like, yellow with black lettering, and then a black bar on the other end, and I hate it. It's so difficult to read. If you don't know the numbers, you're going to be lost. That's why I couldn't see who C.J. Verdell was my first time watching. It's a uh, Nike just uses them as their guinea pigs because they'll use a, a uniform once and throw it throw it away. But it works so damn well usually. <laughs> like, that's yeah. except except they for have... except for uh, there's always there's going to be some duds. Yeah, but that happens, especially when you pretty much don't have a home or away uniform. You just mm-hmm. like wear whatever you want every week. <laughs> You're gonna have some that don't work out. Uh, they they also have yeah some of the best uniforms and that work out fantastically like so. those uh, black and pink ones. I like them. They're nasty. I just love the combination of black and pink. Yeah, um, that's it. Could look so sweet. I think if you add like silver in there too, like black mm-hmm. pink silver would be dirty. That um, my uh, I remember one year in high school, our team uh, they called us the Oregon of our division because we always had wild uniforms. Uh, but we had like chrome black and pink uniforms for breast cancer awareness uh, month, and oh my god, they were just beautiful. But moving away from I ju- <laughs> high school football, <laughs> I, I I just spilled so much water on myself. Oh my god, um, <laughs> and like I mean, like I thought there was a lot less water left in that cup, <laughs> and I was oh, like, you, whatever, you just like poured on you. Basically, <laughs> like, not that much water left in this cup, and just dump it on you. Is that Basi- what happened? <laughs> Basically, I was just like, whatever. I'll just, I'll just like shoot it back right now. So I just poured as I tilt my head straight up, and it's just now all over my shirt, my shorts. It's just everywhere right now. It's like, it's like near my ears. Like it's like right below my ears. It, it was wild. How'd you get so much water all over you? I thought there was a lot less left in there, and evidently I was so wrong. You were very wrong. Oh man, that was. I need to stop drinking water. Like last time, I forgot what I did, but yeah, I think I'm. I'm I think I missed my mouth or something, and it's just awful. Um, <laughs> fuck. Okay. 
Jesus. Oh, it's like on my bed. Um. <laughs> Where, how do you want? Stop pouring water everywhere. It's, uh, this is a shit show. Oh, water got in my eye last time because we made the Robbie Anderson show. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. All right. Uh, whew. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some... Jesus, hold on. I need to regain my composure for a second. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you all right now? Yeah. So, Oregon is who you're picking as your Pac-12 North favorite, correct? Yes. And what about your Pac-12 South favorite? Uh, my favorite to win the Pac-12 South and Pac-12 in general is going to be Utah. Was, their defense is nasty. They have, of course, Jalen Johnson, Julian Blackman. Um, they have Lecky Fotu, um, which is a guy I was going to talk about a little bit later uh, in this episode. Um, they have... Like, uh, yeah, they have a lot. All right, so the, Utah's actually a team that's been getting a lot of love lately. And Bradley so and Nay, that's the name I was thinking of. He's an edge player. And then, of course, on offense, they also have, uh, I'm not a big fan of Tyler Huntley, but they uh, do have Zach Moss, who's going to be a great running back. Who I believe he could have come out last year, but he got hurt. Yeah, he did. And that's what held him back, yeah. I remember Justin Treese from Talking Football. He lives in Utah, and he's a Utah fan. So I remember him talking about about them. Uh, okay, well, since you went ahead and skipped the question where I asked who's going to win that game, <laughs> uh, you think it's a close, a close game or a blowout? I think it's going to be a, a, a grit and grind kind of game. Uh, it's... A high-powered offense versus a high-powered defense going against a okay offense versus going up against an okay defense. Um, they match up. They're very like they're like opposites. Um, so I think it's going to be a super fun game to watch. I mean, I just love Pac-12 football in general, uh, but I think it's going to be a close, very close. Like my guess is like probably going to be like a twenty to seventeen at most game. It's gonna be a fun game. That's those are great college games when they're low scoring mm-hmm. because there's so many games that just break the seventy two to nothing. Yeah, this is like it's like why even watch Alabama games most of the time? I mean, uh, I don't. yeah, me neither. For being honest, I'll watch the film. I'm not watching. The, I'm not sitting through that. I don't, I'm not into like torture film. Like I'm not trying mm-hmm. to watch that. Um, <laughs> Seriously, like it's like Guantanamo Bay over it's there. Not, it's, <laughs> boring. it's boring. It's it's funny as funny as it is to say. I mean, they're always like interesting games, like LSU versus Texas A and M. That was super high scoring, but that's only because it went forty seven overtimes. Uh, but that was it was actually forty eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Get your shit straight. I'm sorry. That game uh, had me delusional by the end of it. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I remember. I didn't watch the end of it, but I remember you texting me in like the middle of the night. And I was like, why the fuck are they still playing this game? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? And it was just, that's... I still have only watched, like, very specific players, like, cut-ups from that. I will not sit through that whole thing. Like, Travion Williams, I love him. Watching his cut-up from that game was miserable. It's so just much. Because, 
Yeah, that's. I was like, Jesus, this is like watching four games worth. <laughs> um, okay, so potential sleeper prospects. So oh. draft eligible Pac-12 prospects. Uh, the senior out of Utah, Lecky Foto, that I was just talking about. He's a defensive tackle. Um, he was first team All Pac-12. He's like six five, three thirty. Uh, he just like clogs up any running holes that you're gonna find, and uh, just he can he can dominate the the interior uh, offensive line, which like like a lot like I said, a lot of teams have weak ones. So I think he's gonna shine this year in the Pac-12. Uh, and then going back to O line, we have Calvin Throckmorton. Uh, do you count? Do you, would you? He's kind of a bigger name. Do you think he he counts as a uh, as a sleeper? I I wouldn't say so. Honestly, I think I think enough people that aren't super into the draft have heard of him, and so I think that's why um, I wouldn't consider him a sleeper. I'll just go a quick word on him. Wait, uh, yeah, you can talk about him all you yeah. want. Go ahead. He uh he he has what uh, I see a lot of uh, a lot of draft teams uh loving these days is and where he has great versatility he's huge he's three six five three twenty but he can play both inside and outside and oregon doesn't look any worse wherever he is um so he he has that versatility that teams seem to love in the draft these days like you know cody ford going eric mccoy um i think i think teams are gonna love that so i think he's gonna get drafted pretty high um i'd say michael Pittman out of usc He's a huge receiver. So he's like 6'4", 225. Uh, he could have gone for the draft last time, but he's coming back. He's going to be USC's number one target in a very in a completely new offense. They got the offensive coordinator from North Texas, I believe, now. Um, and I think he has the ability to, uh, to, to be really good with JT Daniels throwing to him. Imagine how good they could have been. If Cliff if Cliff Kingsbury didn't leave, <laughs> oh, man, that would be uh, disastrous <laughs> for the the rest. I mean, I, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, if he didn't go to the NFL, he'd make any any college team super high powered. Instead, he just agreed to go to USC and then left like thirteen yep. minutes later. Do mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you have any more sleepers for us? Um. I'm trying to think. The one that uh, I I I wouldn't count Eno Benjamin because I feel like a lot of people talk about him. Unless you would. Yeah, no, you could talk about Eno. Yeah, he's uh, he's Arizona State's running back. Uh, I love I love watching Arizona State football. Um, good old Herm, uh, but he was the Pac-12's leading rusher last year. Um, so he's he's a junior this year, um, but he is uh, he's going to be given the ball a lot. I think, uh, which I know you don't like, uh, but he's 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 a really good running back. I'd say Theo Howard out of U- UCLA, the wide receiver. Um, UCLA, he they produced Mister Irrelevant last year, who I was super high on. Uh, but I think Theo Howard, watching Caleb Wilson, Theo Howard has uh, very good hands, so he's he's really reliable. So I think UCLA is going to go after him, uh, go throw the ball to him a lot, just because. He's typically going to come down with it. Uh, plus, people love his work ethic, so that's always fun. I need I need some clarification here. What wouldn't I like about them handing the ball to Eno Benjamin a lot? Well, you don't like workhorse running backs. 
when did I say that? I mean, well, like Jonathan Because I don't Taylor. like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Um, no, no, it's not that I don't like Jonathan Taylor. I think NFL teams are going to see that he's going to have 1,200 carries by the time he's draft eligible, and they're going to be scared of it. It's not that I have anything against workhorse. I think it's bad for prospects to be workhorse backs in college. But it's like, I don't, I don't hate workhorse running backs, you dick. <laughs> don't try to make me seem like a bad person here. I'm just saying I don't think NFL teams are going to like him. I think they're going to give him like the Monty Ball treatment. And they're going to be like, he had a lot of carries and just bust in the same offense. So, oh, that's fair. Dick trying to make me look bad. <laughs> um, I'll fight you. <laughs> um, so let's go with some, or unless you have more sleepers. No, you, we can move on. Okay. Uh, Pac-12 Heisman candidates. Obvious one that we're going to bring up first is Justin Herbert at plus 3,000 odds. I'd t- I, would, I would take those odds. I would also. Those are really very generous. good odds. Really generous odds um, for someone who, yeah, I mean, like I said, is going to have one of the better offenses in the Pac-12. Um, could put up some good numbers in a particularly slow defensive year for the for the Pac-12. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's in the ceremony. Yeah, no, especially because I even have the list right here, actually. It brings back Juwan Johnson, Cam McCormick, Jacob Breeland, CJ Verdell, Jalen Red. It's it's going to be fun to watch Oregon next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is going to be a blast. Um He's actually the only person that made it in my article from the <laughs> Pac-12. But uh, I actually do have... What about Khalil Tate? Do you think if he develops, he could be a Heisman candidate? Yeah. Um, if he develops and really takes a huge step forward, I, I'd not be at all surprised to see him getting some Heisman love. Like I said, he has the running. He can run. He can get the, the stats on the ground that uh, you know has won players um, Heismans in, the, in recent years. Um, and again, like I said, he can he can do it through the air. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't bet money on him. Um, but should he really blow up this season, which I would love to see, because um, he's been he's always he's just really been a very interesting prospect for me since since he went into college football. Uh, so I'd love to see him him pop off this year and live up to the full expectations that people could have for him. Uh, and I, I'd love to see him him go off and become a Heisman candidate. Yeah, imagine if he did what he could do on the ground two years ago. It's like when he had like a 300-yard game versus Colorado and things Mm -hmm. like that. Imagine if he kept that aggressiveness with kind of the efficiency, I'll say, of last year. And then added in like just being a little bit smarter, how lethal of a threat he could be. I mean, it's all up to Kevin Sumlin, I think. I mean... Didn't Johnny Manziel win the Heisman with him? Yeah, um, and, and yeah, I was just, I was just about to say it's up to Kevin Kevin Sumlin, but he does have the resume to be able to build a, a build up a Heisman quarterback. So I, I think it's definitely in the realm of possibility. Yeah, in his career, Khalil Tate has forty three touchdowns and twenty picks in three years. So you can uh, you, you can catch me watching a lot of uh, Arizona football this year. Hawaii, Arizona. Well, yeah, you said you didn't want to watch that game, though. I mean, it's not that I don't want to. I'd re- um, we're not going to discuss this. I'd rather go out, is my point. Um, 
What about KJ Costello? I know that you've spoken a bit about him. Do you think he's got any shot at the Heisman? I don't think so. I think that he'll he could impress this year, but I just don't think he has the the offensive options to be able to put up the crazy numbers uh, needed, especially since he is a he's like an air first uh, quarterback. I mean, most quarterbacks are air first, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that he's not as much of he's, a he's not player. a mobile quarterback. Uh, um. Yeah, yeah. He's just not a mobile quarterback, so he he'll need uh some crazy numbers through the air to do it, especially with like Tua and uh, even Khalil Tate maybe uh to outshine them. And I don't think he's gonna outshine Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence through the air. And one more potential Heisman candidate, it's because because it always goes to QBs. But let's talk about a non-quarterback, Lavisca Chenault. Um, if there's a, if there's a wide receiver that's going to win it this year, in my money is on LaVisca, um, over Jerry Judy, uh, just because of the amount that they use, uh, LaVisca, because Colorado doesn't always have a lot else to go with. Um, he's, he is their offense. So I think he could definitely rack up the stats needed to, uh, to take home uh, a wide receiver Heisman. Well, who's the last wide receiver to win the Heisman? Was it Desmond Howard? Was it? I think it was. I don't know. It might have been Desmond Howard. No one else comes to mind. Uh, yeah, he's the first. Um, for those that don't know how much Colorado uses LaVisca Chenault, he only played nine games last year. He had 86 catches for a for 1,011 yards with six touchdowns, 17 carries for 115 yards and five touchdowns. So he had a he had a great he had a great full year of stats like top tier full year of stats missing four games four or five yeah those numbers are fantastic if you play a full season so I can only imagine how good he'll be this year if he stays healthy if he stays healthy but that's the thing also he's like where they say like running backs get used too much, get beat up and hurt. That's that's him at receiver. He's getting abused over there. It'll be fun uh, seeing him in in an NFL system that doesn't have to rely on him so much. Chiefs. Hmm. Hmm. I don't I think the Chiefs imagine. will be drafting high enough to get him though. Yeah, you never know. If he gets hurt again, he might. Um, he might drop a bit with injury concerns. I think. It, it I think happen. I had him going fifth in my mock draft. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen, but uh, <laughs> but we can we can have fun with that. We'll actually do a whole episode about that, putting prospects in like the most fun situations because mm-hmm. that would definitely be one of them. Lavisca Chenault, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Good luck stopping that passing game. I mean, yeah, people have trouble stopping it now. I mean, I couldn't imagine adding Lavisca in there. It's just so good. I can't wait for this year. Where's college football already? Um, who was the speedy wide receiver they drafted this year? Michael Hardman. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard good things about him coming from uh, coming from camp too. So, uh, I'm scared for this season. I mean, my team's not going to see them in the playoffs. So I don't care. I mean, my team conceivably could. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. My team won't, <laughs> so I don't have to care. But you should definitely worry about that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I. Uh, 
as much as I love uh, dra- talking Chiefs football, I think that pack that. Do you have anything else to talk about from the Pac-12? I don't believe so. No, I don't know why I said that so like tranquilly. But now I'm. Uh, I don't believe so. No. You know. All right, bitch. Um, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that uh, that about covers all the bases that we wanted to for the Pac-12. Yeah. So um, we'll be back to recording episodes. Uh, not live, but. On a re- on our regular schedule. On a regular schedule, starting uh for Monday's episode next week. Uh, so I think do we know what that'll be yet? Um, depending on how schedules line up, it'll either be the ACC or the Big Twelve. Alrighty, we'll be continu- we'll be continuing our conference previews, and then we go on to the NFL division previews, and then football season. <laughs> Can't wait. Football season will be kind of more like these episodes where it's just me and Brandon. Uh, we won't have as many guests, but uh, yeah. And that does it today for us on the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. Uh, if you would kindly, uh, we'd love it. It'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, subscribe, follow on Spotify. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daily Sanders. You can find Brendan on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can read about all these guys we talk about and more on whole9sports.com. Uh, Jalen Johnson, quarterback one. Have a great day.